If I don't prepare, I'm putting my family at stake, putting myself at stake. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go buy up all the stuff. Should I have that attitude? Is that, is that being wise? Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view those from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined by Shane Skirvin. Shane, how are you doing over there, man? We are doing good. We are doing good. It's uh, beautiful and sunny outside. Uh, I have to remind myself sometimes of what's going on. What's a uh, what's, uh, hand sanitizer and toilet paper going over there? How much is it going for? <laughs> There's none to be had. We're recording this kind of early, so I don't know. That could be a joke. That could be way out of way out of style joke. I don't know. By the time this actually gets released, but it's relevant now. <laughs> so uh, it's it's wild. Did you hear that story about uh, the guy that that bought up a ton of hand hand sanitizer and then took to Amazon and just started selling it for like seventy bucks a bottle and he like bought cases of it from all these places and then Amazon got wind of it and shut him down, but. I think I think he ended up giving up, giving away some of it to charity. I think he did. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. I heard about that. Yeah. I, oh, I did you? Okay. Well, anyways, uh, so you can always you can always uh, reach us on email. You can always email the show at feedback at switchinglenspodcast dot com, and you can check us out with all of our content at switchinglenspodcast dot com. All right, Shane, we're in the final episode, the final episode of the series. We're talking about the coronavirus and all the craziness that we're seeing with this. We're on episode three here, and today we want to talk about is this idea of when we're when we're in a situation like this and again by the time this is released who knows what it's going to be like right now it's already it just seems to get crazier and crazier by the day but we're living in this environment now where we're reacting everybody's reacting in a lot of different ways and so we we, we, we want to have some judgments with this right what's what's the right way to respond in a situation like this and so i want to kind of present this idea of acting out or reacting with wisdom or reacting in fear? And how do we know when we're doing which one of those? Which is wisdom and which is fear? One of the main points I want to get to, and we just kind of jokingly reference to it though, is we're seeing a lot of people reacting out of fear, quite frankly. And they're afraid, they think the world's ending. Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to sensationalize this too much, but there's, there's, there's a, a sense of fear. I'm not sure what their expectations are, but they're not good, whatever the expectations are. And so they're going out and they're, they're, they're bunkering down. They're going out and buying, buying all the toilet paper and the hand sanitizer. They're buying all the canned foods and the bottled water and all that stuff. Shane, like, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? Like, is, in, a, in a situation like this, how, how do we react? How do we know if we're being wise and how do we know if we're reacting out of fear? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. And it's not an easy answer necessarily, but I mean, take, we'll take some of the examples you've seen. Some of the, the, empty, the empty shelves of the grocery store. You know, yeah, and the stockpiling of, like you said, of of hand sanitizer and and especially uh, uh, resources like toilet paper, because it, it, everyone knows when there is a a run on a particular product like that, that forces then everyone else to step up and try to get stuff before it's gone, and mm-hmm. it causes a, a spiral, spiraling out of control effect. So yeah, I, I would definitely say um, stockpiling at that level where it affects your neighbor is is definitely um if you're causing a shortage of products and you know that that's definitely gonna um not be good for your community yeah and that's kind of how we have to think right i mean so so what would you say and i, I know you kind of touched on this in the last episode 
But if I'm of the, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm severely threatened. I think supplies are going to run out. Maybe, maybe very little evidence of it, but you know, it's just, that's what I think is going to happen. I've got to prepare for this. Um, if I don't prepare, I'm putting my family at stake, putting myself at stake. So I'm going to go and I'm going to go buy up all the stuff. Should I have that attitude? Is that, is that being wise? Well, you know, the, <laughs> the only thing is that we all live and we kind of touched off some touched on this in the first episode. We're all living in this interconnected world for good or bad. Like we were saying, hey, there's some upsides to this. There's some downsides to being interconnected like this, but like it or not, this is where we're at. Same thing with that interconnectedness that we touched on the first episode. The, our behavior affects everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if everyone starts living for themselves and there's a breakdown of community, even in the name of family, if you break down the community, you know, I've, I've heard it said in a, in a failed state in Africa, that we were involved in uh, as Americans, there was a proverb there, me against everyone, me and my brother against my family, my family against my clan, my clan against the other clans. I mean, you there, and that country for many years was a failed state. I mean, as soon as you, there's no virtue to putting your family above everyone else. You know, there, yeah. that will cause a breakdown of community. And then the very interconnectedness in which we all live, if there's a breakdown there, I mean, it's really bad because of, for the very, fact that we are also interconnected. So what we're talking about, this living, breathing um, spirit of fear and selfishness, uh, it, it could be more deadly than any epidemic. Yeah, we have to think about other people, right? I mean, this is... Well, we depend on them. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very... It's a That's very great point. It's, yeah. That's a great point. We're dependent on other people. We can't do yeah. all this by ourselves. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, you know, I didn't build I'm... my laptop. I didn't build my laptop or my car. <laughs> That's true. I know a lot of things I have. I'm, uh, that is not my skill set. Not one bit. Yes, I'm very dependent on other people. So, but that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, my conversations that I've been having with people, one of the things that I've said with this is that I can't help but notice, and not to be too critical, but I, mean, I, I think it's very, very true. You know, it's widely said that anybody can succeed or thrive when things are going well, but it's during those hard times and those trials where our true character shows through. And I think... That's very, very telling. And I think we're, I think we're seeing that. And, and, and again, that goes both ways. We're seeing people helping others. We're seeing people giving away stuff that others would be like, I can't believe you're giving that away. You know what that's going for? And like how tough that is to get. So that we got that side. And then we got the other people on the other side that it's like me, 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 me. I'm, I got to protect myself. And like I said, I, th I think we're, I think your true character does show in times like this. Any kind of any, and this is just one example. I think any kind of hard time you go through, oh, there's that cough again. <laughs> There's, <laughs> I think anytime, sorry, not to kill the, kill the seriousness, but it's, it, again, it's, it's true that tough times really show who you are. Your, your true self will show through in tough times like this. Uh, Shane, I wanted to kind of bring a counterpoint to that a little bit. As I like to do, I like to play devil's advocate a little bit. Uh, what about the person, uh, especially the, the Christian, the Christian who says, um, I actually, I don't have a problem with the stockpiling. I think what I'm doing is fine. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, it says, Proverbs 20, 21, it says, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a, full, a foolish man devours it. Or if they want to reference uh, Joseph, when he, was, when he was living in Egypt and they decided for, I think it was seven years, right? Seven years, stock up and store and put everything up. They said, that's just, that's what I'm doing. Bad times are coming, just like he, he foresaw. And I'm just trying to do the exact same thing that was done there. What would you say to that? You know, I... I just point, you know, you and I ascribe to the view, the Orthodox Christian view, is that the entire Bible is a unified story 
pointing to Jesus and it's about Jesus. And at Jesus, we, we see a man that went to the cross, a man that we, we believe was also fully God, fully man, who went to the cross to give himself for, for everyone. And so, you know, I think context is king and you have to look at it. Every story in the Bible in one way or another leads to the cross. And so I think Joseph, let's just take that right at its front. Joseph, a lot of commentary says Joseph's Egyptian name that Pharaoh gave him was savior of the world. Um, That's good. Yeah. And so Joseph's very act in what he did, God said, I sent Joseph ahead to save lives. So Joseph's act was saving others' lives, not only Egypt, but as the story goes, his family, Mm -hmm. his own family in another country came to Egypt to buy bread. So Egypt was selling bread to the entire world and and kept, uh, you know, really saved because uh, people don't realize civilization was a lot smaller then. There was a lot smaller population and it was in a much closer geographical area. So his impact was massive. It was literally saving the human race and so the human people. And so that, to me, that story clearly points to the idea that even if you do save, even if you are looking to the future, even if you are being prudent, it's to save lives. And so, you know, the Christian message that your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself, that's just not a spiritual pie in the sky concept, although it is a beautiful concept and one that really makes life worth living, but it's also ultra practical because, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to just, just repeat this over and over again, but selfishness destroys trade. Uh, capitalism itself is built on trust. It's the idea that you are taking goods and products and you're trusting other people. You're investing. Investment means trusting other people. One of the things that happened during the Great Recession of 08 is businesses that the massive financial transactions that is really the, the blood of our economy, they froze because every, no one wanted to be caught with that. What, what's that game you play? The chill, musical chairs? No one wanted to be caught holding the bag, so the game stopped. And so it's really important to realize that our society, the interconnectedness of our society is built on trust. Mm -hmm. And so selfishness destroys trust. And so it's not, I I just, I I think it's really important to realize it's not just a great spiritual principle. It's also the foundations of the society that's been built. No matter what you believe, the historical foundation of the society we live in was built on a Judeo-Christian principle. Everyone agrees. It's it's a unanimous statement. So what happens if you destroy the foundation? That that's that's the million dollar question. We don't know. You're you're right. We have we have to think about other people in this. We can't just I think of ourselves in all this. You know, on another side of that too. I mean, I can say this really. I mean, this really goes to anybody. I know it's gonna be more relatable to Christians, but really to anybody, is that, you know. There's the side of thinking about other people. There's also the side of this too, when you're facing with this, this tough situation that we're in, you have to trust God. You have to. And if you want to point to the Bible and you want to look at all the situations that there are in the Bible, the countless stories, I see far more stories talking about people, a person or people being in a tough situation where they had to trust in God in that situation. And their circumstances around them were incredibly difficult. And in some cases, almost impossible. When God came through, it was like against all odds. And all of this, it, had, it took a, a certain trust. So I see far more examples of 
ignoring your circumstances and putting your trust in God than I do, you know, acknowledging your circumstances and trying to figure a way to get around them yourself. So uh, that that's just kind of sort of uh, my my view on that. And I, I think you would agree with that too. Well, no, well, well, and it's not ju- it's the historical uh, view that built built our world for life. Like it or or not, I mean, this is absolutely the view that built our world was that there was a hope and a love that transcended circumstances. Because otherwise, if mm-hmm. you're just looking, if you look only at your circumstances, we're not saying to be blind and not look at your circumstances. But if you look only at your circumstances, um, they will be your God. Your circumstances yeah. will be what you look to and what you depend on. It, you will only be transcend yourself if you look beyond yourself. That's good. That's good. good. Yeah. And, and I think I kind of want to wrap this up a little bit on, um, on a certain note here, you know, we were talking about this the other day and we're talking about this, the time that we're living in and, and all this. And like, uh, there's a lot of panic out there and understandably so. And this is really more, I guess, more to the Christians I'm speaking to now, but you know, to the, to the professing Christians out there, you know, many see this as a time of panic and despair and stuff like that. But I, I, I see this as an opportunity and a chance, a chance for people to clearly see what love looks like, to see who Jesus really is. Like, despite the troubled time we're in, well, let's not let this time go to waste. You know, this is a perfect opportunity to reach out to people and share the love of Christ. Whenever bad stuff happens and people are in a panic, you know, they're looking for hope. And when we can go out there and we can show the love of Jesus, that can have a huge impact on people. And I think we need to really be aware of that. and. Again, it's not, we got we to gotta do our best and not look at the storm. Don't look, get so focused on our circumstances that we're seeing all around us and the panic that we're reading on the news and all that craziness and really try to focus on, man, we have a golden opportunity right now. If we can just look past this, this troubled, uh, troubled world we're living in right now and see, you know what, I got a great chance for people's lives to be changed, for people to be in touch with the Father and for their lives to be changed for an eternal basis. I, I need to really focus on that. Yeah, and it's as simple as walking over and checking on your neighbors, you know, and, and you're seeing right, that you're they, right. yeah, yeah, all of us have an opportunity right now to walk over and check on our neighbors. That you can hop on Facebook and just say, "Hey, um, is anybody out there? Is there is anything I can do for anybody?" I know some may sound kind of cheesy, but you know, they never know. There, there could be that one person that says, "Like, hey, would you mind grabbing some groceries for me? I, I just don't feel comfortable going out there right now. I'm in a, I'm in a kind of compromised state right now." Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So. Well, Shane, that wraps us up on this whole series here, a three-part series on this coronavirus, this craziness we're living in. And and uh, I think we did a good job here talking about various aspects of us. And I'm hoping I'm hoping with the end of the series that listeners out there that you can feel like, hey, I feel a little more equipped now to react to this and how to handle this. Um, yeah, I can't give you a serum of any kind or some sort of pill to take to kind of help, you know, fight the coronavirus itself. But hopefully Shane and I have given you some kind of some kind of tangible way to to navigate through this and see it for what it really is and handle it the way that we should. So Shane, thanks for joining me. We're gonna, as always, I'm not sure what that gesture was, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I was giving you a thumbs up. That was almost like a high five there. I know yeah, it was kind of a yeah kind of thing. There you go. Yeah. All right. So all right. So thanks for joining me and We will see you guys next time.